Good afternoon, I'm Leon Davis, and it is actually 4 o'clock, well actually 4 minutes after 4. Um, I had a little problem earlier when I tried to um, stream, so I am doing a restream. Anyway, today's pot topic for the podcast is personality politics, and at first thought it might be my favorite whipping horse, uh, American politics, but it is not. It is about communication. It is about building things. It's about um, getting to a place where we're able to do better. And that's coming up right now. Welcome to Altitude Adjustment. All right. Uh, thank you very much for joining me this afternoon, um, wherever you're listening in. Um, so, um, communication is all important for us as a society. Um, we're not born with the ability to communicate. It is something that we learn. So we pick up, um, different habits and different, um, ways of communicating. And then we're all different people. Um, actually, we are a pretty much a contained unit. Everything that we have, we, you know, we used for um, getting things done. Now, um, the the our ability to communicate is what allows us to work together. To you know, if I if I ask for a brick or a hammer, um, being able to communicate is how I get that done. We need to work together to get things done. Usually, uh, no, one person can't do it all. So it requires the effort of a community, it requires the effort of a team of people getting things done. And the, the only way that we can do that is if we have communication, if we have ways of um, saying things that, or, or communicating so that we get specifically what we're asking for. And and one of the things that I usually point to when about communications is um, if I say a dragon, um, would you know I meant a, a purple dragon about two inches tall um, without with wings? Um, so so once we the communication starts, it has to be refined and there's a lot that goes into communication is very complicated. Com communication may seem simple, but it becomes simple after years and years because you hone those skills and you know which things to provide in order to communicate your message. And without the communication, um, where would we be? How would we get things done? And so communication is actually about getting things done. And currently in our um, development as a country, we are going through a period where communication is um, being challenged. Our ability to um, share ideas and thoughts uh, and the ability to, to recognize one another, those thought ideas and, and um, things that help us get things done are being challenged. And so one of the things that I thought I would do, especially for this podcast, was at least try to provide one tool that would help us develop better communication skills. Now, 
Um, some people accept psychology. Some people are a lot more skeptical, but it is just a tool and it um, may not be a perfect science as we individuals are very complex in how we present information and things that we use to process information is different. And so there has to be some um, shared information on how to communicate that allows us to um, understand what one person means versus, you know, what, what I mean by saying something. And um, two people can look at something and describe it differently. And that's, and we need to be able to make the transition, translation from what a person is communicating to me being able to understand that communication and have the same image as I mentioned, like the dragon. So in order for you to know exactly what I'm thinking, I have to find a way to communicate with you that um, identifies exactly what I'm, what I'm talking about. Um, so currently, um, or I don't say currently, but a lot of things go into how we process information, how we, um, accept information, how we grow, how we learn to communicate with one another. And, um, so my concern is, is that we're moving towards uh, a situation where, um, we're not communicating so so it breaks down our ability to work together and an example of the difficulty with communicating is um recently i was on facebook and i was sharing um something with with someone and and the subject of r kelly came up and uh, there's a a um, documentary out the surviving r kelly and so my first thought was that would be interesting to see. I, I don't know what to expect from it, but it would be interesting to see. But someone said to me, well, I'm not going to watch it because it's all propaganda. This person hasn't seen it, doesn't know what's contained in it. And yet without any reservation, just dismissed it. Um, now realizing that, um, television is not a perfect medium, um, meaning, uh, there are situations where people create things for, um, reasons that are, that don't meet your criteria for why that, that material should be, should exist. But to just dismiss material without having seen it or in any way um, understand what what was put together and why it was put together um, says, you know, if we don't find a way to communicate with each other, to listen, to find that, uh, you know, what what is worth listening to, what is worth hearing, you know, how do we pursue facts and information? Then, then we'll we could we could close our eyes to what's important. We can close our eyes to the ability to make better decisions 
because of shared information. Um, so um, I was uh, disappointed by that because it says that we that this person has just closed their mind to any of the possibilities. Let's presume that it was propaganda. Let's presume that, but you don't know if it's propaganda if you don't at least watch a couple of moments of it. Just to, to dismiss it summarily says, I'm not going to hear anything that that differs from my view of what I want the world to look like. And when that happens, it's hard for us to find shared ideas so that we can communicate so that we can build something better. That means, um, you know, if we if we don't take opportunities to enlighten ourselves to enrich ourselves to better our communication skills it we will decline we will go backwards we will not be able to work together or we'll only be able to work together with a few people and the way society is the way man is is our survival depends on one another it depends on uh, us being able to understand one another to get things done to build shelters to uh forage for food to make those things happen those are necessary and so i uh, ran across this tool and i've been a big fan of um, psychology for decades and um, there's a, a, a tool and you, and you can't i'm gonna say you can't um because i don't um uh, that is not my life's work and um, I don't spend as much time as necessary to be um, absolutely fluent in um, aspects of psychology and psychology and psychoanalysts and behavior. Um, I do want to know enough so that that I can intelligently talk about it, that I can intelligently apply it in my life. In 1971, Carl G, uh, Gustav Jung, uh, he was a Swiss psychiatrist and psychoanalyst, presented his theory of psycho psychological types where people can be characterized by their preference of general attitude. Um, so he created three dichotomies, three categories where there was a one aspect of human behavior, which is polar opposite to another aspect of human behavior. Um, so the first category was extroverted versus introverted. Now, each category, each um, characteristic is represented by a letter. So extroverted is represented by E, introverted is represented by I. Now, as I said, he started with six categories the first being extroverted versus introverted um the second was sensing versus intuition um and then thinking versus feeling now, these three areas introduced by young are as i said dichotomies and they were supposed to help um or show the dominant behavior or functionality that the individual exhibits in 1980 
Isabel Briggs Myers, um, a research uh, researcher and practitioner of Young's theory, proposed uh, adding an additional category is um, judging and perceiving. That became the fourth category. Judging represented by J and perceiving represented by P. Now, at first glance, um, you may think judging means something a little different, but I encourage you to, to look. It may it when I first encountered it, it wasn't what I expected as judging, as in um, you know, when, when I say someone is judging someone else. Um, so I'll, I'll give a quick uh whatever about the different categories. The first being uh, extroversion, extroversion and introversion. Um, that signifies the source and direction of a person's energy expression, um, where they get the most energy on, um, for their behavior. An extrovert source of direction of energy is mainly the external world outside of themselves, while an introvert has um, mainly themselves or internal world where they get their energy for sensing and intuition. They represent the method by which someone perceives information. Sensing means that a person mainly believes information that he or she receives directly from an external source or outside world. Intuition, of course, being the polar opposite, uh, is that a person believes mainly information he or receives uh, from their internal world or imagination. Thinking and feeling uh, represents how a person processes the information. Thinking means that a person makes a decision mainly through logic, while feeling, uh, as a rule, he or she makes a decision based on emotion. Uh, and how they feel that things should be. The judging and perceiving category reflects how a person implements the information he or she has processed. Judging means that a person organizes all of his life's events, he or his or her life's events, and as a rule sticks to their plans. Perceiving means that he or she is inclined to improvise and explore alternative options. Now, neither none of these options are hard and fast, which means in a given situation or at a given time, um, a person may exhibit a proportion of a category that they are most prone to. So where an extrovert may be an extrovert 90% um, or 70% of the time, they may exhibit introvert, introversion, um, introverted category uh, behavior uh, in some instances. So, so this is more of a uh, guideline to work with and not a hard and fast rule. Um, along with, so there's a test that they provide on the website and you'll find the, um, you find the uh, URL in the uh, podcast description. Um, so wherever you get the podcast, look for the um, um, website. And there's a, a chest on there where you can 
test your um, sense and sensibilities. Um, so because of the, the dynamic there, there are 16 outlined uh, personality traits or personality types that, uh, that the young uh, Briggs Myers uh, um, theory provides. And I'm going to go over a couple. I'm just to, just briefly to kind of give you an idea of some of the differences and and uh, how they how that breaks down. And it it wasn't a lot of technical information or a lot of technical terms uh, that would be industry specific. So it was, but but it it was reading that may prompt you to do some additional investigation in order to understand it. Um. So, uh, so each personality type has a, a four-letter um, uh, connotation. So let me pull up uh, this first one. Now, this is a uh, personality type ENFP. That's extroverted, intuitive, feeling, perceiving person. Now, EFPs, ENFPs are both idea people and people people. They see everyone and everything as part of a cosmic whole. They want to both help and to be liked and admired by other people on both an individual and a humanitarian level. This is rarely a problem for the ENFP as they are outgoing and warm and genuinely like people. Some ENFPs have a great deal of zany charm, which can ingratiate them to a whole to a more stodgy types in spite of their unconventionality. Now, some of this may, uh, well, I'm going to say some of it. So uh, there were, there were parts of it that um, when I, when I was reading through that, you know, made me think of uh, that it was for fun, that it was that, that it wasn't this wasn't serious business, but as again, uh, you have to keep in mind that um, these are not hard and fast rules, and they're just um, a guideline to give you an idea of what a person with those uh, traits, the ENFP traits, might be like. Now, as again, you know they may do that more or less exhibit those traits more or less depending on the situation um it's they also says that enfps have strong if sometimes surprising values and viewpoints they tend to try to use their social skills and contacts to persuade others gently through enthusiastic though enthusiastically of the rightness of these views and this sometimes results in the person neglecting their nearest and dearest while caught up in their efforts to change the world. So there was one other thing I wanted to mention about the NFPs. Um, the NFPs primary source of information. Uh, okay. I'm sorry. The physical world, both geos and cosmos is the ENFPs primary source of information rather than sensing things as they are. Dominant intuition is sensitive to the things as they might be. 
These extroverted intuitives are most adept with patterns and connections. Their natural inclination is toward relationships, uh, especially among people and living things. Intuition leans heavily on feeling for meaning and focus. Its best patterns reflect the interesting points of people giving rise to characters of manner, speech, and expression. Um, auxiliary feeling is non-verbally implied more often than it is openly expressed. When expressed, uh, this logic has an aura of romance and purity that may seem out of place in this flawed, imperfect world. In its own defense, feeling judgment frequently and fleet, fleetly gives way to humor. ENFPs who publicize their feelings too often may put off some of the crowd of friends they naturally attract. So I'm going to, this one uh, was uh, an interesting one. Um, m when I did some research, uh, it said that about one to 3% of the population are INFPs. That's introverted, intuitive, feeling, perceiving. And I, and I found this one interesting. Uh, INF, INFPs uh, never seem to lose their sense of wonder. Uh, one might say they see life through rose-colored glasses. It's as though they live at the edge of a looking glass world where mundane objects come to life where flora and fauna take on near human qualities. INFP children often exhibit this in a Calvin and Hobbes fashion. And I don't know if you're familiar with Calvin and Hobbes, but Calvin was a little boy who um, carried on, uh, had a relationship with uh, his stuffed tiger, which, you know, talked to him and, and they had these great discussions and did these wonderful things together. Uh, so they switch from reality to fantasy and back again. With few exceptions, it is the NF child who readily develops imaginary playmates. Um, INFPs live primarily in a rich inner world of introverted feeling. <clears throat> Being inward turning, the natural attraction is away from the world and toward essence and ideal. <coughs> <clears throat> this introversion of dominant feeling, receiving its data from extroverted intuition, must be the source of the quixotic nature of these usually gentle beings. Feeling is caught in the approach, avoidance, bind between certain both, between concern, both for people and for all creatures, great and small, and a psychomagnetic repulsion from the same. The object, be it a homo sapiens or a mere representation of an organism, is valued only to the degree that the, they, the object contains some measure of the inner essence of greater good. Doing a good deed, for example, may provide intrinsic satisfaction, which is only secondary to the greater good of striking a blow against man's inhumanity to man. So these people have a, or these people, <laughs> not fair. Uh, so INFPs um, are, are thinking, feeling people, 
um, easily heard, um, you know, attaches to individuals quickly. Um, um, so, you know, they're, they're not necessarily, when you think of uh, shy introverts, they're not, that doesn't mean that they back away from the world. It's just how they process information from the world. Um, so they mostly, you know, stick to what's internal uh, and they feel more than they um, logic and reason. So so when they're processing something, so like in a business transaction or something like that, they they may be more prone to handle it from a, an emotional standpoint than from a logical or reasonable standpoint. So so this is a tool. And as I said, uh, you can go to the website and um, uh, take the test. Uh, I, I'm not going to share with you what uh, I was. Uh, I think it would be interesting that you would be able to tell me um, what you think I am based upon uh, any uh, things that you've seen on the Internet or any things that you might read into my posts or anything. So with that, I'm going to say it has been a wonderful time this evening. I want to thank you very much for uh, spending a little time with me. Um, now, uh, it's time for me to close. And there we go. So the podcast is streamed live each week on YouTube. And so you um, it's there for you to have an opportunity to ask questions and include your thoughts to participate please visit the website for information that you'll need to participate with altitude adjustment and feel free to connect with me on instagram pinterest facebook and youtube also be sure to look for this and other episodes where you listen to podcasts and comment if you get a chance uh, your likes and shares, and I always say this, are internet gold, so please like and share this podcast where you find it. Also, remember, to be cool, be calm, and above all, be careful. Look out for the other guy, because they may not be looking out for you.